Happy New Year, everyone. It is wild to think that we are in a brand new year. It is 2022, and I have the privilege of kicking off our very first sermon series of the year. Now, New Year's is a great time in which we get to reflect as well as refocus, uh, to look back as well as look ahead. And honestly, when I look back at the past two years, not just 2021, but 2020, honestly, there is a lot that I'm ready to put in the rearview mirror. Um, these past two years have been challenging and difficult. And as we look ahead to 2022, I think it's a great opportunity to ask ourselves why. What was it that was so hard? Now, there are some obvious answers, right? I mean, people would say the pandemic has been difficult, the economic downturn has been hard, that uh, the, the political tensions and what we see in our news feeds is that that's all the reason why these past two years have been so terrible. And I would agree with you. There has definitely been a lot of bad news, but I think that there's actually one thing, one factor that has made these past two years particularly hard. And that is the fact that we have been separated from one another. These past two years have been hard because of the social isolation and distancing that it's put between us and between our loved ones. In fact, as I was getting ready for this message, I started to do a little bit of research, and this is what I found. Uh, psychologists and social scientists have noted that social isolation is directly connected to the rise in anxiety, depression, and mortality. Now, that's probably not a surprise uh, to most of us, especially having lived through the past two years. But one of the things that they also say is that social isolation can also lead to a heightened fear and aggression response, as well as hypervigilance and a persistent state of stress. And I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot like our society and our culture over the past two years, heightened levels of anger and fear. And it's all a result of us being disconnected from one another. And I think that's the reason why these past two years have been hard. I mean, let's face it, humanity has survived pandemics before. We've survived economic downturns before, but we've at least been able to do it together. Whereas over these past two years, we, we haven't been together as much. And I think that that strain and that stress has really worn on us. And the reason why is because we, as human beings, we are designed for relationships. That's the way that we were created. In fact, God made us in his image. And one of the things that we believe about God is that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means that in his very nature, he is relational. So we shouldn't be surprised that we as human beings require relationships not only to survive, but to thrive. And so as we enter 2022, and as we begin this brand new sermon series, I really want to focus on what are the foundational relationships that we need. Those relationships which do indeed give us life, not just help us get through, but really help us to experience the abundant life that Jesus wanted to give us as a gift. And so to focus on that, I really do want to take a look at the life of Jesus. When I look at Jesus, what I see is that he was one of the most grounded, peace-filled, other-oriented people on the face of the planet. Now, some of you are probably sitting there and saying, well, of course, you're a pastor, you would say that. But, but don't just take my words for it. I actually looked up what some other people who aren't Christians had to say about Jesus. Here's what Gandhi had to say. He said, live like Jesus did, and the world will listen. Uh, likewise, Albert Einstein said this, he says, I am a Jew, but I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. 
You see, Jesus shows us what it means to live life the way it's supposed to be lived. And so I want to look at his relationships and ask ourselves the question, what would it look like for us to invest in the same kinds of relationships? Now, I want you to have something to take notes with, because what we're going to be doing in in this message is really going to be something we're going to revisit throughout this series. So I hope that you've got a pen or a pencil and some paper. I want you to follow along with me. Specifically, we're going to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39, where we actually see that there are three kinds of relationships that Jesus emphasized and focused on. Here's what Mark chapter 1, 35 to 39 says. It says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, well, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also, for that is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now, just a couple of short verses, but already we see three key relationships that Jesus emphasized. I hope you caught them. The first relationship is what we call the up relationship. This is his relationship with his father in heaven. Jesus routinely got away and spent time in prayer, talking to his father. It was that relationship which was so foundational for him because it helped him to refocus and reset. It was where he got his identity from, was knowing who his father is and and why he sent him. And so that up relationship was foundational for Jesus. But the second relationship we see Jesus emphasizing is his in relationship. And that's his relationship with his disciples, with his close friends, with those that he called to follow him. And we see that throughout the Gospels, he spends the vast majority of his time with this tight-knit community. But the last relationship that we see is his out relationship. And this is his relationship with those who don't yet know him. His relationship with the broken world that so desperately needed to hear the good news that he came to bring, to experience the healing and the new life, the good news of encountering the one who was indeed the savior of the world. These three relationships are the ones that Jesus focused on over and over and over again. And if we're going to do likewise, we also are called to emphasize those three relationships. So let's unpack these for just a moment. The first relationship that I think we desperately need is our relationship with God. After all, we're made in his image. And if we're going to experience life the way he intended, we need to know him and and have that relationship with him. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second relationship that we need is that in relationship, our relationship with fellow Christians, people who are walking this same faith journey with us, because it's there that we find mentors and receive encouragement and support when walking with God becomes difficult or life becomes challenging. These are the people that we can go to for help in our times of need and encouragement when we're feeling lost or alone, afraid or angry. Again, words from Jesus about how important this relationship is. This is what he told his disciples in John 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The third relationship that we're called to focus on is our out relationship. 
This is our relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus and with the broken world that we pass through every single day. We're called not to be distant from it, but to engage in it on a daily basis. And again, some words from Jesus about why this relationship is so important. He says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We have this calling to focus on all three of these relationships. And I hope you caught the pattern in all three. Love is at the heart of every single one of them. Love for God, love for the church, and love for the mission. That's what we're called to be about. It's part of the reason why our mission statement as a church is to help people look, live, and love more like Jesus. And that matters in these three key relationships. The problem is, is that I think we're often looking for a loophole, an out. We, we ask questions like, yeah, but which of these three relationships is most important? But honestly, Jesus doesn't give us that loophole. I mean, think about this for a second. The same God who calls us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength was also the very same God who in the Garden of Eden, as he made human beings, said it's not good for man to be alone. Think about that. Even in paradise, God was saying, relationship with me isn't enough. You need to have a relationship with others as well. And so rather than trying to pick and choose which one's most important, what we're called to do is to focus on all three. All three are necessary for us. If we are going to live the abundant life that God calls us to live. It's part of the reason why here at Trinity, we often say you can't grow spiritually unless you're connected relationally. And these three relationships are important for us if we're going to experience the kind of growth in life that we're called to as followers of Jesus. Because each time we try to emphasize one or two of these relationships over and against the others, we lose something. I mean, think about this for a moment. What if we were just to emphasize the up and the in, our relationship with God and our relationship with the church? Well, then we become nothing more than a holy huddle. This is a group that does a great job at worshiping together and praying together and studying the Bible. But quite honestly, they don't end up doing anything transformative in the world. We end up being cut off from God's heart for the mission. These are the churches that people just drive right by because they're not churches that are engaged in their community. They're not bringing a kingdom difference in the places where God has placed them. And often these are churches that then die. That as its members get older and aren't reaching out and aren't bringing the good news of the kingdom of God to their surrounding community, they just kind of start to fade away until they finally shutter at their windows and close their doors for all time. It's a really sad picture when we only emphasize the up and the in relationship. But it's not the only one where we can get off track. What happens when we emphasize our up and our out relationship, our relationship with God and our relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus, but we neglect our relationship with the church? Well, then what we end up becoming is lone wolf evangelists who are doing the mission all by ourselves because of our passion and our zeal for reaching the lost. But the danger is that because we're doing it by ourselves, we very, very quickly can get angry or burned out. We get angry when we feel like it's all on us and we don't see the kind of transformation that we long for and eventually become those people that we see on street corners yelling at people through bullhorns and waving Bibles in the air. It's not an attractive life, it's not an attractive picture, and it's because it comes from this place of anger and feeling like it's all on us. Or we just get so discouraged and burned out, we not only give up on the mission, but we may even give up on our relationship with God. You see, we're called to be in a community, a community where we 
live out the mission together, where we encourage each other in our growth and our relationship with God and our relationship with those who don't yet need, uh, know Jesus. And to have those kinds of people who come alongside us as the body of Christ, where we can use all of our gifts in a complementary way to bring transformation into the places where God has called us. That's the danger of just focusing on our relationship with God and the mission with the, to the exclusion of the church. What happens if we just focus on the in and the out relationships, our relationship with the church and our relationship to the mission? Well, then we end up becoming nothing more than a social action club. This is the type of group of people that they love uh, to serve and to get involved in their communities. But the problem is, is that they're doing it all on their own steam. They never really come to God in prayer or seek his guidance and his wisdom on what to focus on, what it actually looks like to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And as a result, these kinds of communities often get swept up into whatever the latest cause is in the world around us without ever really asking why. In what ways is this helping people connect back to the one who made them, who loves them, who saved them and calls them to be his own? They end up addressing social ills, but not soulful ills. And likewise, these communities tend to burn out or to fade away when the, initial when the initial charismatic leaders who started it all move on. They end up missing out on God's heart for honestly having a relationship with everybody, helping each person to know him and to grow in their walk with him. You see, in every single one of these things, when we emphasize one or two of these relationships to the exclusion of the others, we end up missing God's heart, his heart for having a relationship with us, his heart for calling us into a family of faith, not just alone, but a new kind of community, his heart for bringing transformation to our world, which so desperately needs it. These three relationships are so important. If we're going to truly understand his heart, not just for us as individuals, but for our world. See, that's what Jesus came to give us. He came to help us experience life the way it was always intended to be lived. To welcome us into new kinds of relationships where we can grow, where we can thrive, where we can join him in the work that he's doing in our world and see light and life enter into darkness and brokenness. That's the invitation that he makes. That's the reason that he came. And lest we doubt it, I want to actually hear what the Apostle Paul has to say about this. In Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about the ways in which Jesus came to give us the fullest of these kinds of relationships. Here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. 
and in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I don't know if you caught it as I moved through this passage, but what we see is Jesus is restoring the up, the in and the out relationships. He's restoring our relationship with the God who made us, who loves us, who saved us. He's welcoming us into a brand new family, his church. And he calls us to now go out into the world with that good news so that more people might come to know that good news and experience the life that only Jesus can bring. Paul says that's the reason he came, is to save us and welcome us into a whole new way of living to help every single one of us start new. And so that's what we're inviting you to do with us over these next several weeks. We're going to be looking at each one of these relationships, the up relationship, the in relationship, the out relationship. And we're going to ask ourselves, what does it look like to start new in our walk with God, our relationship with the church, and our calling to the mission? But it all starts here, by looking at Jesus, at what he's done for us, and the kind of life that he now gives to us as a gift. It's about looking forward to what he wants to do in and through us and being open to that calling to invest in the relationships that he has now provided for us that we might not only know him, but walk with him. That we might not only walk with him, but do it together and in a way that brings transformation to our world. And so it's with that in mind, I wanted to pray for us as we start a new year together. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we give you so much thanks that... You came to restore us to right relationships, not just with you, but with each other and with our calling and our purpose in the world. And so, Lord, we pray that as we enter into a new year, we wouldn't let the past two years discourage us, but that we would hear your voice and your invitation to step into a whole new way of living, to see the gift that these relationships are to us and to embrace them and to experience the kind of life that comes when we learn to walk with you in faith. And so, Lord, as we start new in 2022, we pray that we would start new together as we learn to walk with you. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.